So a lot of times, uh, if I happen to tell uh, a story about myself, it's typically uh, self-deprecating, but I have kind of a different one uh, this morning. In uh, middle school, I started to uh, get into uh, exercise a little bit and uh, ended up in competing and uh, different physical fitness things and so did a lot in the way of push-ups and sit-ups and squat thrusts and wall sits and all kinds of stuff. And then uh, when I got into high school, actually uh, took up Taekwondo and uh, enjoyed that very much. And one of the things that I liked about Taekwondo was uh, every session, every time you're there, you go uh, full contact sparring. And I enjoyed that very much. Uh, don't You don't have to tell anybody else that your pastor likes to hit uh, people, but it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it, and I'll never forget um, as a teenager, uh, you know, and a person who had been bullied somewhat, um, I'll never forget the first time uh, in sparring when I was, uh, and some of you know Taekwondo is, uh, you know, legs and hands. Uh, karate focuses on the hands, you know, Bruce Lee kind of changed everyone's opinion, but in Taekwondo, you know, full contact um, where most of your body is legal. And I'll never forget the first time I took a kick to the stomach, but realized I had abs <laughs> and felt the strength. The reason you do all those sit-ups, you know, for, for years they've been doing all these crunches and sit-ups and different things, and uh, I was prepared for the kick when it came. And I was not pushed back, thrown back, did not have the wind knocked out of me, was not uh, done for, but was ready to throw back. And I did. <laughs> it was a feeling of strength. You know, it's kind of an odd story to start off with. We're going to uh, read something that Jesus has to say about strength. This is actually, as Jesus is wrapping up his uh, longest teaching that's recorded in the scripture um, and some of you may or may not be aware, he had kind of a dry Jewish wit. Um, and he actually closed out with four quick analogies that were meant to be funny, um, as uh, almost, uh, almost a little bit approaching cynicism in closing out his teaching. Uh, he was, like me, um, a utilitarian, meaning uh, if it doesn't work, then what are we doing here? Um, and you can kind of see that in this story. So, uh, Matthew 7, uh, verse 24. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. Now, really important that we don't take this out of context. Um, because who is speaking and to whom is speaking and what was originally meant is really important. So, Jesus had a miraculous birth and 
was notable in some ways and yet very ordinary in others. Um, like me, in average height and build and not necessarily remarkable in appearance. Don't tell my mother I said that. Um, and he had lived among people uh, in many ways a very ordinary life. Tempted in every way as we are and yet without sin, so extraordinary, but also had the temperament that people wanted to be around him. Um, and people in particular who um, did not consider themselves religious folk or God people. Um, he was enjoyable to be around. He had um, started to reveal his identity. He had started to do miracles among them, healing the sick, uh, even raising the dead, um, opening blind eyes, opening deaf ears. And we've talked about those things recently. And he, he started anything that he said publicly uh, with something that's quoted in Matthew 4, which is, there is forgiveness available for all who repent. The kingdom of God is here. Repent. That was a basic teaching of Jesus. And then here we are. So the, the, the eyewitness accounts that we read are from people who heard his words, heard the tone of his voice, uh, saw him with their own eyes, heard his warmth, his gentle nature, understood his sense of humor, which he actually expressed in this story a little bit. Uh, and so it was something when he, he started off this teaching with really bizarro world type stuff. God blesses the poor. God blesses. And on and on. And then he turned to issues of the heart. Then he turned to actions. And he, but he's looking at the crowd and he's gauging their response. And he can see what's going on, and he can see in the crowd that there are people are there for a variety of reasons. And um, in that context, Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, the sent one, overflowing in love, we get this remark. This very practical remark. And uh, if you, if today is your first time, uh, this message really shouldn't be taken out of the context of the many messages we have been looking at over the last few months that we've been looking at who Jesus is. It's really important because if we take it out of the context of who Jesus is, then this teaching today is, is uh, worthless, uh, maybe worth less than nothing, uh, a detriment to us. Uh, because Jesus had called his followers to be with him. And Jesus had offered forgiveness and love that they had not found in other places, in other ways. And it's, it's critical that we don't take that out of context. So, Jesus uses an example about foundations and building houses. And um, it's something that certainly they understood as most of the people that would have been hearing his teaching were people that lived in homes that were built affordably. And so, therefore, would probably have to be occasionally taken down, put back up, and certainly related to the foundation, as not a lot of people would have had the, the money the, uh, in order to dig down to bedrock. It would have been something that would have been a ready topic of conversation. Did you see so-and-so's house? It didn't work out so well, did it? And in fact, we have um, actually a, a sad example of this in this neighborhood uh, just recently. So this is on Keswick, 
And I, I want to refer to this sensitively because I don't know the families who live here. Uh, but this is what the houses on Keswick looked like not long ago. Um, and then a few weeks ago, you may have noticed this, uh, where one of the houses uh, was being braced up. And if you drive by today, it looks like this. Now, the reason it looks like this is because someone decided it would be a good idea to big, dig out their basement, but they didn't understand what they were doing as it related to the foundation of their house. And they caused their house to become unstable, but not only their house, but the houses next to them. And so what we have here is a significant issue of stability just for the everyday. It's not related to a storm. It's a significant issue of stability for the everyday. And I don't know about you, but for me, I didn't turn to Jesus until my everyday life had become unstable. But Jesus does not refer to everyday life here. He talks about the storms of life. And this is interesting because he's not talking about a military campaign, a political campaign. He's not talking about a religion where if you come to me, you're going to become wealthy. He's not talking about a faith in which if you come to me, you will not experience the storms of life. No, in his own bizarro world, upside down kind of way, Jesus actually refers to the storms of life that will come. But he says something that's very specific about it. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on the bedrock. Jesus is saying you will have the strength to withstand life challenges when you follow my teaching with action. Now we often talk about the warm, fuzzy part of following Jesus, the spiritual aspect, the emotional aspect of it, the way that God brings us healing, the way that God brings us strength, and the way that forgiveness has been made available by what God has already accomplished for us, that our salvation is not dependent upon righteous action. No, but our faith in receiving freely what has been given for us, what was already accomplished for us. But we shouldn't shy away from what Jesus does speak plainly about our action. So I would have to deduce that it would be possible for me to receive the forgiveness of God and still have a life in shambles. Now how would that be possible? If I live my life spiritually immature, unaware of the teachings of Christ, and not following them. So stability and strength is possible when we build our life on the teachings of Christ with action. So it's not even, Jesus is making it clear, it's not even an academic exercise where you memorize the words and then you're tested on them. No, it's actually, do you deeply consider them? In fact, uh, with Luke's uh, Luke's eye- eyewitness rendering of this in Jesus' words, he uses three specific phrases that Jesus says. Come to me, listen to my teaching, and follow it. Those are three imperative, directive phrases that Jesus uses in this story in Luke's account. Chapter 6, verses uh, 46 through 49. Come to me, listen to my teaching, Follow it. 
So, sounds like it's pretty important that I have an idea of what Jesus has taught. So that I can have the strength to withstand life's challenges. So, here's some examples of some of the things that Jesus taught that we have talked about in recent weeks, either here on a Sunday or in our small groups and homes called Life Groups. Well, first of all, Matthew 4, we've already referred to it, repent of your sins and turn to God. That's something that should not be overlooked. I don't know about you, but, you know, I have a few big ones, and if I didn't commit those big ones that week, I feel all right. But actually, if I'm going to follow through on the teaching of Jesus, it's important that I have a daily inventory of what's going on in my heart and mind, not just uh, my outward actions and not just the big ones that I've messed up with before, but actually the new ones that maybe the Holy Spirit is leading me in. Jesus said he'd send the Holy Spirit to guide us into truth. So repent of your sins and turn to God. It doesn't say, hey, you know, start to act right and then repent. It doesn't say, you know, tell the whole world about your mistakes and then repent. It doesn't say any of those things. It doesn't say beat yourself up. It doesn't say take on a culture of shame. No, it just says turn around. Turn to God. Now, you are certainly familiar with, Jesus pointed out the most important in the Law of the Prophets. Love God with all you've got. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus specifically using that agape love word. We looked at uh, a while ago, uh, Jesus specifically teaches us to pray with persistence. I don't know, maybe you have learned that praying with persistence can build up your spiritual strength and affect your health, your spiritual strength when the storms of life come. If we learn how to pray with persistence when things are good, we will be stronger and it will be easier to pray with persistence when things are bad. It's almost like Jesus knew what he was talking about. Be a servant. Jesus specifically talks about being a servant, a following him it is clearly that. Uh, we also looked at, and Jesus called him Matthew and his other followers, a very specific personal calling to turn around, to make a change, to model our lives after Jesus. We see and follow me and all the references on the screen. We summarized four commissions of Christ with the following sentence. We are sent to all different kinds of people with a message in the power of the Holy Spirit, with a new perspective on the mission of reconciliation, representing Jesus and his kingdom because of the cross. You see the references there. I think maybe one of the most important things we've talked about all year. A little bit more. So recently we looked at Jesus' words and the the handout and the notes are still available on the tables from that Sunday. Matthew 18, go privately and forgive 70 times 7. Jesus gave us really specific instructions for forgiveness in personal relationships. When there is conflict, when there is hurt, Jesus told us what to do. And what I have found that's amazing is that a lot of people that have spiritual weakness, it's because there's unresolved hurt, unexpressed anger, issues of personal forgiveness that have not been worked out. It directly affect the spiritual strength. If I'm going to drink poison and expect the person who hurt me 
to drop down dead. That's what it's like for me to hold on to unforgiveness. For a lot of us spiritually, what happens is that pain causes us to self-medicate with other things, with other experiences, and all of a sudden we become convinced that Jesus' grace is not the most satisfying thing in our life. And so we find more joy in other things, temporary things, which are, some of them are good that God intended for us to enjoy, but we look to them as our primary source of joy, of pleasure, of peace, because I'm not forgiving a person, and so what we do is we stop feeding our spirit. How spiritually we become emaciated. We, we are starving spiritually. We, we have a hunger that cannot be satiated, cannot be satisfied with the things of this world. All of a sudden we're not seeing answers to our prayer requests. All of a sudden we're not finding the same spiritual strength. Why is that? Maybe God is trying to say something to us. Because I can guarantee you that God loves you. And that His grace is sufficient. And Jesus said specifically, go in peace. The shalom, the erene, peace of God that brings us to completion, that brings us to fulfillment, that brings us to being whole. All systems in good working order. These are words of Jesus. Jesus specifically spoke of faith. Jesus specifically spoke of spiritual authority. We're going to talk about more in the future. Jesus specifically said, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. So let's pause and let's have a moment of prayer right now. You can feel free to close your eyes if you want to bow your heads. I think everyone in this room probably has been suddenly made aware of some teaching of Christ that we're not following. So let's just take it to God right now. God's not here for you to experience shame. The point today is not for you to see where you're wrong. The point today is for us to find fulfillment in Jesus. To find the peace and grace that's in Jesus. So Lord, we come to you right now and we confess. We are not as aware of the teachings of Jesus as we should be. We come to you and we confess that we have done wrong. There are things we have said that we shouldn't have. There are things that we have done that we shouldn't have that go against the teaching of Jesus. We confess that there are times we don't do the right thing. We don't love and forgive and pray with persistence in the way that Jesus instructed us to. And so, God, we just confess it. This is where we are wrong. And this is why we are weak. Please forgive us. Forgive us. Make us clean. Cause us to be made new, to be brought to full health and completion in you. Forgive us our wrong. Strengthen us, God. Help us to find ultimate pleasure in you. To follow Jesus by searching out his teaching. To take to action by living out of a thank you. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for all that you have done. 
Lord, here now we receive your forgiveness. Lord, bring us to strength, I pray, in the name of Jesus. So I want to look at what we learn from this and then how we should respond in our closing few minutes. So what do we learn? So from the plain, simple truth of Scripture, what are lessons that we can draw away? Well, first, God has shown us love through Jesus. In the person of Jesus, to be sure. In the miracles of Jesus, yes. And also in the teaching of Jesus. Did you know that Jesus didn't teach to make us feel bad? Jesus didn't teach to cause us to walk around and be miserable. No, Jesus taught to help us. That we could find joy, that we could find strength. It's for our benefit. The scripture says, Jesus leads the church, that's all y'all, for its benefit. There are benefits that come. The teaching of Jesus is also the love of God expressed for us. The second, receiving this love includes response and following Jesus. Have you made a decision? Maybe it's just been a very gradual thing for you. But if you, if when I ask the question, have you made a decision to follow Jesus? And there's a question mark inside you. Answer it today. It doesn't matter how long you've been attending Christian events, Sunday and otherwise. Make a decision. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Well, I can tell you, everything else, everyone else has failed me but Jesus. Number three, following Jesus includes active learning and obedience. I think if Jesus were here today, one of the things that he would express to you is that it's mean-spirited to ask you to do things you don't know about. Your active learning in investigating. What did Jesus say? Most of you have a phone, you have Google. You say, okay, Google. Oh, not, not right now. <laughs> Bible, Jesus, and whatever the topic Bible, Jesus, anger. Bible, Jesus, love. Bible, Jesus, money. Oops. Bible, Jesus, relationships. Find out. What did Jesus say about that? Active learning is your friend. There he goes, giving us homework again. Number four... Taking action on Jesus' teaching will bring me strength. I've got news for you. You don't have to do all those sit-ups. <laughs> if I'm actively learning about the teaching of Jesus, and then I'm putting it into action, my spiritual strength will increase. That's literally what he said. It's worth an experiment of trying it. So how do we respond? Well, first of all, spend time with Jesus. Let's remember, we saw that very specific description that Jesus called his followers to be with him. It's a state of being. Are you in that state of being? 
A lot of us, we take a religious, exterior behavior, manipulative focus to following Jesus. Be with Jesus. Rest in His presence. Rest in the salvation. Spend time with Jesus. Search out the teachings of Jesus. Use your Bible. Don't start with someone else's words. Don't start with another book. Don't start with a blog post. Start with the scripture. Read what he actually said. John, actually in the New Testament, writes about how there was a rumor going around in the church that Jesus had said he would never die. And he said, actually, he didn't say that. And I find myself swimming in our cultural soup of people that call themselves Christians saying lots of things and thinking, he didn't say that. But you don't know until you've searched it out. Let's start with what he actually said. Maybe it's time to just get one of those red letter editions. Search out the teaching of Jesus. Then third, follow the guidance of Jesus. You've heard me said many times before, in my experience, the Holy Spirit is generally thinking about one thing for you. It's one of the several things we listed off that Jesus said that we've talked about recently that jumped out at you. Don't overwhelm yourself and crush your relationship with God by trying to do 12. What's the one thing? What's the one thing that resonates? Yeah, God is talking to me about that one thing. It's the one thing that Jesus taught that you can take action on today. What's that one thing? And then identify what's the one next step I can take in following Jesus in that teaching. One thing, one step. To follow the guidance of Jesus. Four, share the journey with others. Listen, you're not going to enjoy life more by hiding your struggle. By pretending it's all good. You're not going to grow in spiritual strength by faking it. You're not going to grow in spiritual strength by keeping in the closet the victories, the growth, the exciting things that happen. Sometimes people will think that I'm silly because I've been going to church a long time, but I, I took this one baby step and it turned out really good. I don't want to share it because people think I'm further along than I am. <laughs> Come on! Let's get rid of the nonsense. Get rid of the veneer. Let's get rid of the facade. Let's be real with each other. The way to life-giving relationships is with honesty, with transparency, with sharing it. Share what's the one thing that Jesus taught that you need to take action on? What's that one step? And then what's the victory? And encourage each other. Sharing the journey is a part of the way of Jesus. It's the way to spiritual strength. Will you stand with me? Let's close in prayer.